we have been looking over the last few weeks uh, through the book of Mark, and we're just going to carry on a little bit with that uh, this morning. Um, but in the week, uh, our youngest and I uh, went to the opticians just for one of those kind of regular checkups so that she could have an eye test because she'd kind of been it was about six months or so since the last one and they were like you need to come and check your eyes again so um so we went along and I don't know if you kind of can see the picture that's going to come up on the screen but this is generally what um having an eye test looks like hopefully Graham can find it for us we're nearly there I think oh not quite <laughs> it's coming it's coming Okay, right, you all recognise one of these, yeah? Um, okay, I don't know if um, you're someone who can easily see the last row or is thinking, oh my goodness, I definitely can't see that. Um, maybe you can see maybe up to the middle row. Maybe you're, you can only see the A at the top. I don't know. Um, so I wonder if, hopefully, hopefully this won't be too awkward. All right, can you just stand up if you've got eyes? this morning. If you have eyes, can you just stand up? That would be great, great, great. I'm not going to ask you to do anything weird, I promise. I'm literally just going to ask you to sit down in different stages. Okay, so if you've got eyes, stand up, fantastic. Um, can you sit, can you stay standing if you wear glasses or contact lenses? Stay standing if you wear glasses or contact lenses. So, so sit down if you don't. All right, okay. And can you stay standing if you're short-sighted, which means you can't see far away, okay? If you can't see far away without glasses, uh, that means you're short-sighted. So stay standing. Wow, we've got a lot of short-sighted people here. Okay. <laughs> oh, okay, some people are just in a muddle, yeah. <laughs> um, can you stay standing if you were looking at me without your glasses and I would just be a little bit blurry around the edges? Oh, there's a few people just check in. Okay. 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 And then stay standing if, like, you wouldn't even be able to tell it was me standing, uh, like, without your glasses. Okay. Okay. So we've got, we've got a range of eyesight, yeah, in the house. Okay. Brilliant. Thank you, for everyone. Uh, hopefully that wasn't too painful for you. Um, painful for you. So we've got this whole range of seeing things. And in Mark chapter 8, which is where we're up to, it's all about seeing things. I'm not going to go through the whole chapter. I'm just going to literally pick out a few little bits. But it, if you get a chance to read it when you're at home, it's all about seeing things, okay? So we can see things with our eyes. Uh, we can also see things with our heads, like in our minds. And you might just say, oh, yeah, I see. Oh, I get it. I see. And that's just when something just clicks and you're like, yes, I get that. And we see some of that in this chapter as well. So just to start off with, I'm going to talk about three things that happen in this chapter. Okay, the first thing is this. There's this massive crowd of people who are listening to Jesus, and they've been with him for three days. Okay, they're now hungry. Uh, Jesus knows that they need food. Now, if you've been traveling with us through this book of Mark already, this might sound a little bit familiar to you, because a couple of chapters ago... Jesus is there talking to over 5,000 people. They're hungry and he multiplies a tiny little bit of food and everyone has enough. Okay, but this time it's a different crowd. There's 4,000 people um, this time and there's seven bread rolls. Now I've got here just six, okay? Six bread rolls. So imagine one more, okay? 
seven bread rolls, a handful of fish, and Jesus prays over it. He says, thank you, Jesus, for this food that we've got. And he makes it so there's enough bread, enough food, enough fish for over 4,000 people. That is a bit crazy, huh? Look at the size of that. All right, that is a miracle happening before your very eyes. Okay, and what's happening this time? So there's 4,000 people, there's seven rolls of bread, and um, the, the food that's left over, there's plenty left over. Everybody's satisfied and has enough. They're full, and there's still some left over. Jesus was concerned that the people would be hungry, and he was like, we're not near any villages. If I send these people away to go and get food, some of them are not going to make it. They're going to wander off and they won't actually make it because they've got no energy. So he fed them right there and then. And so Jesus' heart is full of compassion for people. He just can't help but respond generously. Now, the thing is that people who are involved in this are the disciples. They're Jesus' early followers, like his closest friends. And then a couple of chapters ago, so maybe, I don't know, a few days ago, a couple of weeks ago, whatever it looks like, they were in the same position again, and they saw Jesus multiply this food. But even so, they don't really seem to grasp who Jesus is. They're seeing all these amazing things happen before their eyes. Deaf people are suddenly having their hearing back. Blind people are suddenly seeing. People are being set free from kind of inner turmoil, um, mental turmoil. He's talking and storms are being calmed at just his very words. Thousands of people are being miraculously fed. But the disciples are amongst those who cannot see that this is the kingdom of God breaking in and happening, like all the goodness of God, as if Jesus is king, all of that is happening right there in front of them. So Jesus has this conversation with them and he says, do you still not see? Like what, what have you not learned from what happened like a couple of days ago? Do you still not see who I am? And I wonder, you know, I, I, sometimes I read this and I think to myself, okay, what would I have thought if I was one of those disciples at the time and a couple of weeks before I'd seen Jesus do this amazing miracle and people um, being fed out of nothing, seemingly nothing, and then it happens again, what would I actually think? Would I, would I see? Would I go, oh my goodness, this is you, Jesus. The disciples didn't see yet. They didn't get it. And what we see is that all that's happening around Jesus is pointing to Jesus being the saving one. This is about him coming, his kingly reign coming, his kingly rule and reign happening right here on earth as it is in heaven. And this is about Jesus' mission to go to the cross to defeat death once and for all so that we and everybody can be saved if we choose to follow him. This is kingdom stuff. Now, kids, on the way in, um, you were given an envelope. So you can still listen to what I'm saying, but if you need to get your hands a little bit busy, this is where you can now use your envelope. Look inside. There's some stickers in there, and there's some glasses. Okay? All right? And what you need to do is decorate your glasses. Now, there's one rule I'm going to give you about the stickers in your pack. You are only allowed to stick them on your glasses. You're not allowed to stick them on the purple chairs or anywhere else in the room, only on the glasses, okay? And then at the end, you could show me all your amazing glasses. That'd be brilliant. You can listen at the same time, but that just keeps your fingers busy, okay? 
So are we open to believe, to see this extraordinary person of Jesus, the saving one, the king, and that when Jesus is around, it changes everything. He changes everything. And when we let him, he changes us. And what we see about both of these stories of Jesus feeding the masses is that on both occasions, he gets the disciples involved. Um, In chapter 8 and verse 5, it says this. Jesus asked his disciples, how many loaves have you got? Uh, Seven, they said. And he told the crowd to sit down on the ground. And then he took the seven loaves, gave thanks, broke them, and gave them to his disciples to share around. And they gave them to the crowd. Now, his disciples didn't have it all sussed. They were encountering Jesus day by day, but they still didn't fully know who he was. And just like the disciples, wherever we're at on our journey with Jesus, whether we've just decided to choose to follow him, whether we don't know him at all yet, but we've just kind of stumbled across this meeting this morning and and kind of walked in, whether we've known him for a long time, um, whatever our view of him, however blurry our vision might be of him, we're invited to get involved. He says to us, come and be a part of this. Come and, come and be with me um, and let's see what we do together. The thing is with Jesus that his view of us is perfectly clear. There's nothing blurred about his view of us. He loves us so deeply. His heart is so set on us. Nothing can get in the way. Nothing can divert his attention or distract him from us. Nothing can obscure us, can obscure people from his view. His heart is set on us. Jesus really is the best news for us and for our world. And he invites us to follow him for our own sake, but also for the sake of others. He invites us to be fed and to feed others. He invites us to give what we have. And I think a couple of weeks ago when I was um, talking, I was saying, you know, on the back of this pandemic, it might be that you feel that you've not got any many resources at the moment. But I would say, you know, we are still invited to come and join with him and to be with him and to see what he does when we offer what we have. And it's really not about just a few minor adjustments to our lives. It's about following him. Uh, where he impacts every aspect of our lives. He impacts our time, our priorities, our relationships, our money, absolutely everything. So I said chapter 8 is about seeing. Another thing that happens in chapter 8, there's this, there's this man who is blind, and he's been blind for a while, and people bring him to Jesus. Jesus spits on his eyes, puts his hands on him, and says, do you see anything? And the man says, well, now I can see people kind of walking around a little bit, but they're a bit blurry, so they look a little bit like trees. So you can't see them properly yet, but his eyesight is starting to come back. And then Jesus puts his hand on him again, and he's completely healed. That is amazing, isn't it? Like someone who cannot see suddenly has an encounter with Jesus, and he can now see completely. That's having to wear glasses like the the highest end of having to wear glasses to then not having to wear them at all. That is the kingdom of God breaking in and changing us and changing people. Jesus says, come and see. Look who I am and look what I'm doing in you and in the people around you. Look at the freedom, look at the healing that I can bring to you and others if you will just turn to me, if you will let me. Okay, the third thing about this chapter and this whole thing of seeing things is that sometimes we see the same thing, 
but in different ways. So here's some obstacle illusions that you might have seen before. Uh, let's look at the first one. Okay, and I wonder if you can tell me what you see. What do you see when you look at that picture? Anyone want to shout out something they see? A girl, a, a young lady. So you can see a young lady. Put your hands up if you can see the young lady. Yeah, okay. So she's kind of turning with her face away, isn't she? And she's got like a feather coming out of her hair. Okay. Um, does anyone see something different? Okay, so you, another way you can see the old lady. And what would be the young lady's chin is actually the old lady's nose. Yeah, can you see that now? Yeah. Okay, so same picture, but we're seeing it in different ways. Okay. Okay, let's look at another one. What about this one? Okay, what do you see here? Two people facing each other. Anyone see something different? Yeah, a chalice or a candlestick or something like that. Okay, another way of looking at the same picture. Okay, let's do the next one. Thanks, Graham. Okay, what do you see here? Yeah, so you might see a rabbit or a horse or a donkey or something. Can anyone see the seal? Yeah, yeah, okay. So if you look at what might be the horse's nose, nuzzle, that's actually the seal's two eyes and its tail is pointing upwards. I've got some people quite like, like really looking oddly, like what is she talking about? Can you see those two things? Yeah, vaguely. Okay, one more, one more. Okay, what do you see with this one? Okay, so we might have um, a person, you can see their nose, you can see their black hair. Anyone see something different? Jan? Okay, or someone like they're about, their back is towards us and they're walking into a cave or they're painting or something. Yeah, can you see that? They're back towards us. Okay, thank you. Okay, so we see things um, in different ways. The same picture, but lots of different interpretations of it. And in this chapter with Mark, um, Jesus is talking with his friends and he says, who do people say I am? You know, who do you see when you look at me? And suddenly, in this moment, Peter says, oh, oh, I get it. You're the one we've been waiting for. You're the saving one. He gets this glimpse. The penny suddenly drops. Um, there's that, oh, I see kind of moment. I mean, at this point, Peter still didn't really fully understand that Jesus' mission was about him going and dying on the cross. But he caught a glimpse of who Jesus was. It was like, oh, it's you. And I guess the question for us this morning is, what do you see when you look at Jesus? Who do you see? Who do you say that Jesus is? And for some of you, you might you have been kind of getting to know Jesus for a long while, and you might be able to say a whole host of things. For some of you, this might be really early on in your journey of kind of like, Jesus, I'm just, I'm just on this starting this thing of getting to know you. I would just say to you, I would really encourage you, if you think you've known Jesus for a long time and that you've got him sussed, I challenge you just to ask him to show you more of who he is. Because, um, I mean, I've been on this journey now with Jesus for decades like I am old down here okay um, and I am learning more and more that there is still so much more to him than I can grasp than I can even begin to take in 
You know, his love for you and his love for me and everyone in this world is so much bigger, so greater, so much more lovely, so much more transformative than you or I have experienced to date. Um, but we have this promise that one day we will see him as he is. Uh, in 1 John chapter 3 and verse 2, it says this, When Christ appears and so when he comes again, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Oh my goodness. Like I cannot even begin to imagine what that day will be like when we see Jesus fully in his blazing glory. He will be the brightest of light. He will be the most glorious of goodness. And, and whilst on the one hand, we won't be able to take our eyes off him because he will, we'll be so captivated by him. Also, we won't even be able to look at him because of his sheer holiness. What a day that will be when we see him as he is. But in the meantime, Jesus teaches us how to pray. And this is what he says in Matthew 6 and verses 7 to 13. And this is from the message version. It says, Our Father in heaven, reveal who you are. Set the world right. Do what's best as above, so below. Keep us alive with three square meals. Keep us forgiven with you and forgiving others. Keep us safe from ourselves and the devil. You're in charge. You can do anything you want. You're a blazing beauty. Yes, yes, yes. I love that phrase in here, reveal who you are. Reveal who you are, Jesus. Lord, this morning when I wake up, would you reveal who you are to me and to other people? Would you show me who you are? Help me to see who you are. Help others to see who you are. And as we get to know Jesus more, our lives will look increasingly different as we choose to follow him and as we allow him to shape us. We can say, you're in charge. You can do anything you want. That's a bit of a something to say, isn't it? Can we really pray that? You can do anything you want. Like, really? It means that we won't be able to necessarily do everything we want at times. It means we'll say, Lord, my life is yours. It's over to you. So let our prayer be, like every morning, as soon as you wake up, God, would you reveal who you are to me today? Would you show me who you are? Help me to see you. We're just, just as we kind of come to a close and finish, we're just going to do a little something together. I just want you to close your eyes, if you don't mind. Uh, and I just want you to think back over your past week. Like, and you, as you're kind of thinking back over your past week, imagine that you're, you're just sitting here with Jesus now and you're talking to him about your, your past week. Children, you can do this too. If it's a bit hard to say it in your head, you might just want to put your hands like this and whisper what your past week was like into your hands. But you're talking to Jesus while you do this. And I, I'm just going to ask you a couple of questions. Where did I see you last week, Jesus? Where did I know that you were with me? And then just another question. Where was it hard for me to see you last week? Where did I lose sight of you? And just let Jesus talk to you about those things. 
And you know, you can do that every day. It's got a posh word. It's called the examine, but it's something you can do every day. Just like, like, Lord, where were you with me today? Where did I see you today? Thank you for being with me at this point. Where did I find it difficult to see you? We're going to start and we're going to pray.